This is the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, episode 18. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part, it won't break your bank. And now, the Budget Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. How is it going today? Today's actually Monday. You might not be listening to this on a Monday, but it's Monday and I am lucky to say that I actually love Mondays because Mondays are the days that I set aside to just work solely on my podcast and it's just me and my microphone and I love it. So I hope that you're having a good Monday if it's Monday. And today actually also happens to be my second anniversary. So um, just a little fun tidbit about me. We got married on August 25th in 2012, and I am recording this on August 25th in 2014. So it's been two years, and it's fun to celebrate that. But anyway, if you are familiar with my podcast, then you know that a few episodes back, I actually did my first what I'm calling Ask Jackie session. And uh, in, in that episode and in future episodes like that, I answer listener questions that are posed to me either on Facebook or by email. Um, and on that note, if you have questions that you would like answered on the podcast, you know, about travel and you get a little shout out, um, you can contact me on Facebook or the contact page of my blog, thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash contact and get those questions in because I'm actually going to be doing another one sometime in the next couple of months. So I'm still collecting questions for that. But that being said, I get some really great questions and some of them are just a bit too complex to try to answer in just a few minutes, just, you know, five minutes during one of those sessions that I I try to keep the answers to. (laughs) Um, And so today's episode was inspired by one of those questions and it was asked by um, another one actually by Justin Saxfield. And he asked about transportation choices and getting around overseas and sort of just what that looks like. and some maybe some tips around that. And so today we're going to go over some some general things to expect with transportation abroad, as well as um, some individual methods, you know, bus, uh, uh, buses, trains, taxis, planes, hitchhiking, bikes, running cars, boats, um, etc. And some tips to go with all of that. So let's go ahead and get into it. And I wanted to share a really great resource with you guys up front that specifically has to do with planning transportation. It's a website called RomeToRio.com. Um, and I'll put it on the show notes, but it's Rome, like Rome, Italy, R-O-M-E, to the number two, Rio, like Rio de Janeiro, um, R-I-O.com. So it's R-O-M-E, the number two, R-I-O.com. And it's awesome because you can use it to find um, like any route of transportation between two points. So when you go there, you'll see there's two fields where you can enter a city. So say you're trying to get from, oh, let's just say you're trying to get from Bozeman, Montana to New York City or something. But you can enter that in there and it'll give you all the options that you have, Um, you know, flights, 
buses, trains, taxis, whatever it is that's available, they're going to list that on there. And it's, it's not, it's so handy in planning because it basically just gives you an idea of what is available. Um, it also gives approximate prices and hours. So how long it'll take and how much it'll cost and all that stuff. And it's, it's really great. Um, it's a great tool to use when you're planning your trip because it's kind of a one-stop shop for transportation. I mean, just to get the idea, you don't, you don't book in my experience, at least you don't book through there, but you can at least get an idea of what you're looking at. And then once you're abroad, once you're over there, you kind of know, you know, what your options are and what you need to do. So, um, the best thing that, that I like about Rome to Rio is that it kind of just puts my mind at ease when I just don't know how I'm going to get somewhere because it shows all those options and, you know, multiple options are good because then you know that one way or another, you're going to find a way to get to where you need to go. Um, actually we're currently planning a trip to Bulgaria, Macedonia, Albania, and Greece for this October. And I've been using Rome to Rio to figure out what the options are for transportation in the places that will be. And I've learned that in several of the more remote places, it only offers taxis. And, um, sometimes the price is pretty high. Um, and I'm assuming that's, you know, to cover gas and, and the fee, of course, the fare for the taxi. But then I actually compared it to a route in Costa Rica that I know really well. And I found out that the taxi, sh- uh, the taxi section of that route was super expensive too, according to Rome to Rio. But I happen to know that it's actually really cheap on that specific route once you're there. And so all that to say is that the prices are definitely approximate, but they will help you get an idea of, of a budget and you know what your options are as far as modes of transportation. So use Rome to Rio to figure out what your options are. Um, okay, so I wanted to get into some general things that you can expect around transportation overseas if you don't already know what that looks like. And the first thing that I wanted to point out is that this is one of those areas where you have an opportunity every single time you need to go somewhere to test yourself and step out of your comfort zone and possibly interact with people in a foreign language and use your resourcefulness. And I think that resourcefulness is one of the greatest tools that you can possess as a traveler. You are always more resourceful than you, you know, than you may realize and travel really brings this out in you. And this is important because you might just find yourself needing to get somewhere and perhaps no one around you speaks your language. You might not have a clue what to do and you alone must figure it out. And you can do it. So just keep that in mind throughout all of this. And I have a quick story that goes along with that. Um, Back in 2005, when I was studying abroad in Italy, my brother came to Europe for Christmas, which we spent at our high school exchange sister's house in Germany with her family. And on our way out of Germany, we had an early morning uh, flight to catch out of Frankfurt that would take us to Spain. Um, So to get to Frankfurt, we actually boarded an overnight train the night before from her town that would get us there in plenty of time to transfer to the airport and make our, it was like a pre-dawn flight. It was really early. But about an hour after, after we boarded our train, the train stopped. (laughs) 
and it didn't start going again. And they said that it was the end of the line and we were in the middle of nowhere and we knew we had boarded the right train because we were with my sister and you know her her dad they were there i mean they're german you know they were with us at the train station they put us on the train and here we are suddenly stranded in a tiny tiny little village like in the middle of nowhere we had no idea where we were daryl and i and um we i mean some people say that english is spoken everywhere And that's the night that we learned that that's really, 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 really not true. (laughs) Um, We found ourselves on this train with a whole bunch of Germans who only spoke German. And they all seemed to like file out of the train as if they knew that the train was going to stop, you know, like they just knew what was going on. And we couldn't talk to anyone. I mean, literally we spoke no German at the time. No one around us spoke English, which that is pretty rare, but... I mean, it's not, you know, it's not impossible. And uh, so no one spoke English. And so I had no other choice but to call her, um, call my sister and, you know, ask her, like, what are we supposed to do? And really our only option, because it was so late, um, there weren't any other trains. We're in the middle of nowhere, you know. And so they ended up actually she and her dad ended up coming to get us. Um, And so we sat at that train station while... (laughs) It actually, it started to snow. Like, I mean, it was over Christmas. It was cold. And we sat inside and like huddled around a heater. And then we got kicked out because they were closing the train station. And we were literally like sitting on the cold sidewalk in the dark waiting for them to show up. And actually something really incredible happened while we were waiting. Um, This is one of my favorite stories because of this. But um, one of the guys who was on the train with us, pulled up on the sidewalk and brought us warm. I think they were just like jelly sandwiches or something and tea, hot tea that he had gone home and made for us and brought back because he somehow caught on to our situation. And it was, it was so incredible. I mean, here we are, my brother and I just sitting there, just, just totally lost, you know, travelers waiting for our ride to come, hoping that they knew where they were going to come get us, you know? And, and I mean, we had nothing. And this guy pulls up with like hot food and tea for us. It was so amazing. But, um, anyway, that, that aside, (laughs) we did make it to Frankfurt. We caught our plane, you know, we were on our way to Spain, everything worked out. And, um, you know, there are two things that I learned from that, that train incident. One, sometimes total strangers turn out to be your guardian angels. (laughs) It was really cool. Um, and two, I needed to learn German (laughs) and I have since learned enough German to get myself by in if, if that were ever to happen again, you know, at least in Germany, I would be able to get myself by. <laughs> and I was reminded that, you know, like I said, things always work out and it wasn't in any way how we thought we would get to Frankfurt, but we got there and we made our flight, you know, so thanks to my German family rescuing us in the middle of the night. But anyway, okay. on to some, um, some general tips. If you are in a well-traveled area, there will be options for you. In fact, if you are in places that see heavy traveler traffic, in most cases, you don't even need to look into transportation ahead of time. Because think about it, there has to be a way, for example, to get into town if your plane arrives to the airport in the middle of the night, right? 
So for example, take Thailand. Um, many of the flights into Bangkok actually arrive around midnight. So do you think you're going to arrive to a dead and empty airport? No, not at all. In fact, the opposite. The airport is buzzing in the middle of the night. And although the city train is closed at that hour, there is a long line of people waiting to get taxis. So, you know, I mean, they, they make it work. Um, there's a ferry route in Costa Rica that I used to take often. And on either side of the ferry, there are buses that coincide with the timing of the ferry. Because would it make sense to run a ferry and drop a people, you know, drop a whole bunch of people off and say, hey, there isn't a town for miles, but good luck. No, there's going to be a bus there, you know, expecting those people. There is on the one that I used to, there is a bus there and, you know, it's waiting for them to take them onto their destinations. Um, another example, there's a place in Panama called Bocas del Toro and it's an island destination and you can get there overland by taking a series of shuttles or taxis and, and boat taxis or ferries, you know, um, passenger ferries. And when you leave Bocas in the boat taxi, do you think that you'll get to the port and there will be no one there for you? Of course not. The taxi drivers know the schedule. They're going to be there to pick you up and take you onto where you need to go. So the point is in all of these examples that in any given destination in the world where travel is a regular thing, you know, and there's backpackers abounding everywhere, transportation is created to work together on a schedule. So there's going to be something there for you. Um, you know, so for well-traveled areas, you can expect this kind of, I guess, harmony in your transportation. It is in not so well-traveled areas that you may need to tap into your resourcefulness a little more. And I think you know who you are, those of you who like to travel off the beaten path. Um, if you're looking to get away from touristy areas, that's where you could probably expect to do, you know, more traveling with locals or perhaps hitchhiking. Um, but I just wanted to get that out there that in general, you will be able to get from place to place just by paying attention to what's in front of you. I think the easiest place I've ever traveled, um, you know, for transportation was Thailand. It's like everything is just waiting for you. It was so incredibly easy. So if you're taking your first trip to Thailand, transportation really is like the last thing that you should worry about. Okay, so on to some specifics. We'll start with trains. In my experience, I've actually only taken trains in Europe, um, and it has not been necessary to purchase tickets ahead of time. If you know that you're going to be on a popular train route, you could always look into that. But I have never purchased more than you know a few hours or perhaps like one day in advance just for convenience. And never online. I've always purchased train tickets at the station. And that may not always be the case. I mean, I obviously haven't been everywhere. But in Europe, that's what I've experienced. You know, So just do a little bit of research. And you can usually just do an internet search and, and Google you know, um, train schedules in whatever country and, and try and find a, a, a list there. And often there won't be an option to buy online. Or if there is, sometimes you have to be like a resident of that country in order to get the tickets online. So you can find everything out that you need to at the station. And there are three things that I specifically wanted to talk about, about trains in Europe. 
Um, one, they are usually not very expensive, which makes the URL pass not worth it, in my opinion. Um, if you haven't heard of the URL pass, it's like one ticket that you can use to, to, for, for transportation in multiple countries, but you only have a specific number of days that you can use it and you have to be selective with your countries and they have, they tend to be really expensive, like a few hundred euros, um, and in my 10 years of, you know, being in and out of Europe, traveling all over Western Europe, for sure, I've never gotten a URL pass. So I don't know if that helps your decision at all, but I'm just putting that out there. Two, German trains are the most expensive that I've seen in Europe. But there is a secret to getting cheap tickets. (laughs) And I wish we had known this that night that we got stranded in Germany because we actually just lost a bunch of money on our on our train tickets that night. But you may have seen me mention this in various places before on my blog. But the the secret is called lender tickets. And that's um, I'll put that on the I'll, I'll put a link to it on the show notes page, but they allow up to five people traveling together to travel within one region on a set price. And so when you split that up, it ends up being really affordable. I mean, these set prices are like 30 to 40 euros. Like they're not expensive. I mean, they're different for each region um, in Germany, but that's a great way to travel if you're going to be traveling in Germany and you can even do it by yourself. You know, you can be the only one on that ticket if you want. Um, and that lets you travel within that region. And I think that they work on like a, a daily basis. So you have to get a new one each day. And then the third thing I wanted to mention is that in most cases you do need your ticket in hand before you board the train. Um, if you are caught without one, you can get fined. So be sure to check at the station prior to boarding. The only time that I can think of that I was in Europe and, and didn't have a ticket before I got on the plane is because I was at, you know, a small, really small train station in the Alps and the train ticket or the ticket machine was like down or something. And so, you know, we, we just explained this once we got on and the ticket guy just um, issued us tickets on the train. So that wasn't a big deal, but, but yeah, just be sure to check at the station prior to boarding because usually you're going to need it before. Um, and train stations, if you aren't familiar with them, they kind of work similar to airports in a way. You know, you find your train by platform. That's how they're assigned, um, similar to gates at an airport. So if you're confused, you know, you can ask just anyone who works there. It's kind of self-explanatory, but some train stations are really big, so I know they can be kind of confusing. All right, so let's move on to buses. And buses are going to be the most common option for travel. And there are there are often, you know, city buses or trams for in within the city transit, and then there are going to be intercity buses or you know, the ones that will take you from place to place along your route. And sometimes cities will have several bus stations. And I wanted to mention this because, you know, sometimes they're organized by provider or by destination region. So I definitely recommend researching which which bus station you'll need before you show up, you know, and maybe find out that that bus station doesn't service your destination. Um, And I say this from experience because, uh, for example, in San Jose, Costa Rica, there are several bus stations according to where in the country you want to go. You know, and so, I mean, I know those ones now, but it took a while to get used to which, which station we needed to be. 
in to, you know, re- to, to reach a certain destination. And so each country has their own way of, you know, scheduling and organizing. So just do a search on the internet to figure out the bus schedules and, and don't forget about Rome to Rio because that might come in handy to let you know times and companies and approximate prices and such. And then as for tickets, it's going to depend on the bus. I mean, sometimes you buy it after you get on, sometimes you buy it as you're getting on, you know, you pay the driver right away or there's a little machine where you enter your money or you, you put your money in or whatever. And then sometimes you need a ticket before it's so different with every, you know, everywhere. So just do your own research for this one. And okay, moving on to planes. And I'm not going to get into um, major international flights. You can learn all about that in episode 11. Um, But I'm talking more about domestic airlines. You may not actually realize that many countries have their own domestic airlines. And you can always check to see if a flight might be a good option for you on your route. I mean, sometimes you can fly somewhere and it only takes an hour and maybe it's 50 bucks. Whereas the bus, you know, the bus might be 10 bucks, but it also is going to take 11 or 12 hours. So, you know, it could depend on your timing or your budget or whatever. So for example, within Europe, um, you may have heard of Ryanair and EasyJet. These are budget airlines that fly extensively throughout Europe and they're really great options to get around um, when you need to cover, you know, big distances and you just have a small budget. Like they're, they're amazing. I love those airlines. They will definitely get you for, you know, they like, they want to charge you for everything else because their tickets are so cheap. You know, they'll, they'll charge you to board early. They'll charge you to bring a carry on. They'll charge you to check a bag, like just everything they charge you. But that being said, they're still like super cheap. So, um, and if you are going to get those, book your tickets in advance because the more advanced you get them, the cheaper they are. And so similar to, to Ryanair and EasyJet, if you're in Asia, I know of Air Asia. There's one called Jetstar. There's Scoot or Tiger Air. These are all budget airlines. And I'll, I'll put these all on the show notes as well. Um, but the point here is to think outside the major carriers that you know, you know, do some research for your destination region just to see, you know, what regional airlines or budget airlines may be available to you and may be convenient for your route. Okay. Taxis. Um, there are two tricks to taxis that you should remember above all else. And those are number one, make sure the taxi is a legit taxi. Okay. The driver should have proper, a proper taxi license or, you know, an ID of some sort in an obvious location. So hanging from the mirror or attached somewhere on the dash and often the car itself will have a logo and it's going to look like a lot of the other taxis, you know? So if it's an unmarked car with an unidentified driver, I would say skip it unless you know it's safe. I mean, I know that there are many remote places that have unofficial taxis and this is totally normal, but just use your best judgment. I mean, if you're in a city, you know, make sure you get, get a real taxi. And like I mentioned before, the the um, the Thai airport, you know, where I said you might be in a long line to get a taxi. If you're at an airport 
those are going to be legit taxis that come up, you know, because they usually have some sort of contract with the airport to to be able to pick up passengers. And especially if they have like a long line of people and there's someone helping you, you know, at the front of the line who asks you where your where is your destination and they'll assign you a taxi or whatever. Those are safe. So don't worry about those. And the other thing that I wanted to mention about taxis is to negotiate the price before you get in the taxi or either that or ask for the meter right away. Um, make sure your taxi has a meter. That's another way to tell if it's legit or not. But if the, if the driver refuses to use the meter, um, and this might happen like late at night, for example, when the fares are higher, a lot of times they, it's just not, you know, they don't use the meter at night. So if this happens, just be sure to set a price before getting in. And that way, you know what to expect, be diligent, don't be afraid to negotiate. But those are the, okay. Those are the two things that I wanted to mention about, about taxis. Okay. Renting cars. Uh, there's actually a lot of things that I recommend that you do when you rent cars in foreign countries. Number one, um, and this, this can be optional, but I would say get an international driver's license unless it is specifically not required. They're pretty cheap. They're like 15 bucks and it, it just doesn't hurt to have it. You can get it at AAA. Number two, use a credit card that carries insurance for rental cars. It is so much cheaper to skip the insurance. I mean, this is the same deal in the States. So you, you're probably aware of that, but you know, it's, it works the same way. They'll try to get you to get the insurance. And you know, if your credit card covers it, then you, you're already set. Number three, make sure you can drive legally into each country that you want to visit if you're doing a multi-country trip because you may be surprised <laughs> that some cars or companies specifically cannot cross borders. We actually ran into this problem last fall when we were in Europe. We rented a car and one of the countries on our list was Croatia and we actually had to change our plan because the insurance the, the company like, I don't know if it was the, the, the company, it was the company policy that we could not take that car into Croatia, but we also knew that it was the same policy for all the other companies in the area. Like we couldn't rent a car anywhere and fr from that specific place where we were in Germany and, um, drive into Croatia legally. I mean, we could get there and possibly face a fine if we get caught, but we just didn't want to, that wasn't worth it. So, um, we changed our plan, but you know, make sure you check into that ahead of time. We didn't know until we got to the counter <laughs> and they informed us of that. So we had to, you know, come up with some quick planning, but anyway, number four, if you are in Europe, you need to buy vignettes and these are little stickers in each country. And you put these on your windshield and that's the way that you pay the highway taxes. Um, I actually wrote a blog post about renting cars in Europe. So I will link to that on the show notes. Number five, do not leave valuables in plain sight in your car. Even leaving your stuff in the trunk is a risk. Rental cars can be obvious in certain corners of the world and people will break in and steal your stuff, even in a place that you would consider to be safe. So, you know, take it all into your hotel if you can or park in a well-lit place or keep an eye on it. Just don't think that your stuff is safe because it's in a locked car. <laughs> One more thing, number six, if you do rent a car, pay attention to whether the hotels you book have parking or not. Um, because 
you know, in big cities, they often won't have parking, which means you're parking on the street or in expensive garages or something like that. So just something that you might not often think about when you're booking hotels normally, you know, is a, is a parking lot. But if you rent a car, that's going to be an issue. So just keep that in mind. All right. Hitchhiking. Hitchhiking, I wanted to mention because it is a popular way to travel on a budget. There are backpackers all over the world that hitchhike. It's an age-old method of travel, you know, and and many people think that it's unsafe, and I can't promise you that it isn't. (laughs) However, um, I have not had problems hitchhiking in Costa Rica and Panama and Brazil. Of course, those were all kind of within town or close by, never over a long distance, but I would just say again, you know, use your best judgment if you choose to hitchhike. It's also a great way to meet locals and practice your language skills too. So that's, that's another benefit of hitchhiking, but that's all I was going to say about that. For bikes, I, I'm not going to get into bike touring, you know, like taking a road bike and seeing an entire region on your own. I know that's a popular thing for a lot of people. Um, but that's not what I'm referring to here. Maybe I'll do an episode about that someday, but I'm talking about renting bikes in cities. Bikes are a great way to see a place because, you know, they're faster than walking, but you can still stop whenever you want to. And there are basically two ways to rent bikes. You can either find a rental company and pay to rent a bike, you know, by the hour or half day or day or whatever it is. Or in some cities, there is a bike share program where you will see a whole row of rental bikes lined up and you see these all over the city and they're for the taking. Um, I know that we have this in cities in the States too, but for those of us who aren't from cities, we would not know about this. You know, these don't exist where we live. So I think the first time that I saw it was in Paris and I was blown away at the level of genius behind the idea. It's just so smart. You simply, you know, swipe your credit card and it unlocks a bike for you to take. And then you return it to any of these rental bike places in the city, you know, just like the one you got it from, there are a whole bunch of other ones and it just charges you for your time. I mean, it's genius. And I've actually seen this with cars too in the States, actually in Austin, Texas, you can rent smart cars, (laughs) which I think is so amazing. I mean, who doesn't want to rent a smart car, (laughs) but they're just like a little bit bigger than bikes. I think it's so funny. But anyway, you city people are probably just laughing at my small townness right now. But seriously, a lot of us just don't know that these things exist because they don't exist where we live. So um, the bike thing is definitely something you'll see and have access to in, in cities, at least across the world. All right. You may have noticed that I mentioned boats in the beginning, and that may have confused you a little bit, but I wanted to bring it up just to put out an alternative method of transportation, you know, just to to put that on your radar, because um, I'm just going to give you two examples of what this would look like. If you find yourself in Eastern Europe, say, wanting to visit different cities on the Danube River, like uh, Budapest or Bratislava or uh, Vienna, you might consider a river cruise. Um, So I haven't done this, and I don't imagine that it's completely on the budget side of travel. However, when we were there, we kept hearing about it, and, you know, we saw all these big river cruise boats. Um, I mean, it's a big river, you know, and 
I think that it would be an option of transportation that could be a really cool way to see these places, you know, or I'm sure you could do something similar on the Amazon. If you find yourself in the Amazon, you know, take a boat cruise or take a boat taxi and go somewhere. Or maybe you find yourself in Indonesia where boats are, you know, one of the main methods of transportation between islands. Um, so, you know, just don't forget that if you are near water, there could be a boat option for you to get to where you need to go. And here's one more awesome thing that we discovered. This was specifically in Costa Rica, but I'm sure that there are other places that do that, places that do this. Um, whitewater rafting companies that offer transfers. And let me explain. We were in Puerto Viejo, which is a coastal town in southeastern Costa Rica. And our next stop was La Fortuna, which is like in the northern middle section of the country. Um, so we had two options to get there. We could either take buses, which is the normal option, all the way back to San Jose and then north to La Fortuna. Or we came across this option, which was go with a company that offers whitewater rafting on the Rio Pacuare, which happened to be rated the number five most beautiful river to raft in the world by National Geographic. And the company offered continuing transportation to either San Jose or La Fortuna. I mean, that was just an easy decision for us. So at the end of the day, we got, I mean, what was included, we got breakfast, rafting, lunch, and a transfer. And it was $99 each. I mean, it was like almost a whole day event, but we arrived to La Fortuna sooner than we would have if we had taken buses. <laughs> the infrastructure is not so great in Costa Rica, you know, but we weren't on the buses. We were in like private shuttles and stuff. So it was incredible. <laughs> anyway, so boats, you know, in whatever way that they are offered to you could be a fun out of the box way for you to get somewhere. So just keep them in mind. <laughs> And yeah, don't forget about the the boat taxis. I mean, those can be super cheap. I've taken boat taxis to see certain things or places when, you know, the alternative was an expensive boat tour. Like in Cabo, for example, we took a boat taxi out to the famous arch. And we actually convinced the guys to take us out at sunset and it was cheap and just awesome, you know, or like in Italy at Cinque Terre, you can take boat tours to see all the villages, or you can hop on the boat taxis. They're like passenger ferries, but they're only a couple of bucks and you get to see the views from the water instead of doing the hike, you know, or taking the train in between villages, which for me, I think is much better in my opinion. So that, I know that was a lot. I hope that somewhere in there you were able, able to learn something about transportation abroad. Um, and if you learn nothing else, Remember that resourcefulness is one of the greatest tools that you can possess as a traveler. So exercise that and you will find your way. <laughs> and if you still have um, questions or anything to add to this, please join in the comment section on the show notes page, which by the way, you can find at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 18. We're on episode 18 already moving right along. All right. And um, next week, I will be back with another interview for you with a girl who just got back from around the world trip in which she got a working visa in New Zealand and 
actually stayed there for seven months. So we're going to get to hear all about how that worked out for her. And in the meantime, if you are on Facebook and haven't liked my Facebook page yet, I think it's a great way to connect. So please do that. Come say hi. You can find that at facebook.com slash the budget minded traveler. And that's it for today. So I hope that you guys have a great week. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time. 